When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. I have a special guest with me here today for episode 147. Hello. (laughs) That's my son, Milo, my oldest. He is joining me today's episode because we're talking all about parenting teenagers. And this guy is a teenager. How old are you, Milo? I am... In my second year of tween age, I am 12. (laughs) 12 years old as of the beginning of the month. So I thought that he would be a fun participant in the conversation. I actually have some tips that I've come up with just over the last couple years of getting into this new chapter of motherhood. And I thought it'd be fun for Milo to both listen in on the ideas that I have to share and give me his input, as well as to share some thoughts that he has about being parented as a teenager. So we are going to dive in. And today's peak of the week is going to be by Milo. For my peaks of the week, I am doing five things that I've enjoyed. One of them is uh, a Netflix show called Selena, which is about a Mexican-American singer and basically from uh, her from childhood to sadly passing away in 1995. Yeah, you've been watching that a lot. What do you like about it? I don't know. It's just I love Selena's personality when she's like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's really fun to watch to see how she came from, uh... One of the things is having making lights out of peach cans. Oh, cool! To winning five awards in, uh, I don't know what award show. Just like you're super talented. Yeah. But worked really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What else? Uh, number two is, <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast from Taco Bell. <laughs> that's your new favorite drink, right? That is my new favorite drink. Yes, it is very. It's very Mountain Dewy. Very Mountain Dewy. It's kind of a special treat, right? Yeah, it's a special treat for when we go to Taco Bell. Which is not super often. <laughs> <laughs> and we try to keep the caffeine fairly low, especially for the kiddos, but teenager is kind of on that. You walk that line, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three is uh, we just got kittens, Simon and Olive, and I've been really like to use my phone, which is a gab phone. Uh, to take videos and pictures of them when they're doing their cutest things. You have big dreams of being like a cat 
film YouTuber, right? Yeah, that, that would be so fun. So using fun. Using green screens and stuff. Yeah, so he's in loving using his phone for that. And we love, you love your Gab phone just generally, right? Yeah. Also, uh, if you guys want to watch, uh, like, cool animal videos like that, we can put a link for Aaron's animals in the show notes. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. Yeah, sounds good. We'll link Gab phones and Aaron's, Aaron's animals. animals. Perfect. Number four? Number four is there's a new Pfizer vaccine for 12 to 15. And I got my first dose a couple weeks ago. How do you feel about that? It, I feel good. How did it affect you? How did you feel after you got the vaccine? When I got the vaccine, I slept the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Wore you out a little bit? Yeah, but it didn't hurt at all. And it was just, it was a great experience. A really good nurse must have given it to you if it didn't hurt, right? Who <laughs> yes. was that? <laughs> it, it was you. Oh, yeah. 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 That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Number five, my uh, my aunt is in town for the summer, and she's been vegetarian for like three years. So I thought, I'll be vegetarian for the time that she's here. So now I'm being vegetarian for three months. So peak number summer. five is being vegetarian. Being vegetarian. What did you like so home. far about it? Honestly, I haven't really felt a difference. I mean, there has been some things where like I can't eat cheeseburgers anymore, which is pretty sad. Or Chick-fil-A, which is also really sad. But... It's also really good because I know I'm being more healthy than I have been. Yeah, so you've had you had like a butternut squash panini the other day instead mm-hmm. of like a turkey panini. We don't eat a ton of meat anyway as a family. So like tonight mm-hmm. we had shrimp tacos and you were good with that. Yeah. It wasn't like red meat. And the other day where we you might have normally had like a meat on your sandwich, you did you did like a cheese melt instead of a turkey yeah, cheese melt. Yeah, just basically just did a grilled so cheese. So just kind of like substituting stuff. Yeah. It's not too tricky. Which hasn't been too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you actually like some of the, um, like the Impossible Burger and stuff that we've tried before, right? Yeah, those those are amazing. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. So, okay, awesome. Give us a quick one, two, three, four, five of your peaks of the week, and we'll make sure everything that we can link is linked in the show notes. Okay, so we can link Selena, the Netflix show, in the show notes. We can link the Taco Bell website in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> we can link Gabphone in the show notes, and we can link maybe the cvs vaccine oh yeah where you can sign up for yeah, we can a, sign up for a vaccine for a vaccine and we can also uh put the link for impossible for impossible burgers impossible burgers cool okay awesome peaks of the week yeah okay so fun this show is going to be about parenting a tween and technically i think we looked it up the other day and a tween is considered ages 10 to 13. so coming like emerging from true childhood into teenagerhood i think we hear a lot about teenagers i was unprepared i think a little bit in my parenting for this precursor to the teen years, which is the tween years that my nine-year-old turned into a 10-year-old, which all of a sudden was a little bit older, a little bit bolder, a little bit more independent. Of course, I am not at all a parenting expert. I do try to be a good parent. I try to be an intentional parent. I've realized that this chapter of parenthood feels a little bit different. My expectations need to be adjusted. The way that I approach parenting my tween feels a little different than how I have parented my younger kids. And so I thought that it'd be fun to share a little bit about it. The first thing that I want to share is that parenting a tween is super fun. I think that's something that I didn't expect. Do we have fun hanging out, Milo? I think we have so much fun because I think I understand like uh, bigger things. 
uh, that you think about, and we have the the same sense of humor now. Yeah, yeah. You turn into like a little bit more of like a friend and a sidekick, mm-hmm. and like you said, you're interested in bigger topics. You have your development mentally is a little bit more advanced so you can kind of figure things out and look at things a little bit more critically and you in particular are a really fun tween as a child as a kid as a my my kiddo because you do have this sort of interest in lots of things you're interested in people you're interested in the world you're interested in the news and that's super fun so where a lot of parenting advice that I've heard is sort of like grit and survive the teen years. I have found that so far these last couple years of parenting a tween has been really, really fun. Now, it is a new challenge. It is a different chapter. And I have tried to be really clear with myself about my own expectations, which are really helpful. I wanted to share a couple quick books and or podcasts that have been particularly helpful for me in this last couple years. So the first one I've talked about before, it's The Self-Driven Child, and I will make sure that it's linked again in the show notes. The show notes are always found at livefreecreative.co slash podcast, and then you can find, that's like gives you the directory of all of the shows, and you can find the episode number. This is 147. The Self-Driven Child is a book geared for, I think, a little bit older teenagers, but the principles are really important for even this younger group because it's all about sort of releasing that grip on what you want to happen and how you want your child to behave and allowing them to step more into some independence. Milo, do you feel like you've had a little bit more independence in the last couple years? A little bit more responsibility maybe or that you have a little bit more choices? Yeah, I think so. I feel like with age comes independence. Yeah. I felt like I don't need to spend every single second with you, even though I love to hang out with you. It's it's a little, you know. Yeah, you kind of find some space to be mm-hmm. yourself to, like, hang out with yourself or with yeah. friends or other things. Yeah, totally. The next resource that's been really helpful for me is this podcast episode by Brooke Castillo, The Life Coach School. It's episode number 270, and I thought it was hilarious. Brooke interviews her college senior, I think. he Maybe he was a – I don't know if he was – Anyway, she interviews her son in either late high school or early college. So definitely a lot older than tween. He's a teenager when she interviews him. But the show is called Kids Will Do What They Want or something like that. It's an interview with her son. And I thought it was really just eye-opening because it was helpful to shift my perspective to wanting to make my kids do what I want them to do to recognizing that kids are going to do what they want in a lot of occasions. Milo's starting to laugh about that. Uh, What do you think about that? I think that that is true. You think that's true? Um, there is, there comes a time where you just don't really care. Yeah, you kind of do what you want anyway. So what is helpful? Like, what would you tell a parent who wants their kids to do a certain thing, but the kid doesn't want to do that certain thing? I would say to make it fun for them. For the kid? Yeah. So uh, just try to figure out what they like, and then maybe there could be, like, a reward, or you could, like, play a game, like, doing this thing like you're doing the thing, then like you win by doing the thing when you finish. Yeah, so make it fun. Don't like make it hard. Yeah, like instead of saying uh, like clean up your room right now, uh, you say 
clean up your room and let's go and get ice cream after. Yeah, like, that yeah. gives them something to look forward to. That gives motivation. Yeah, and then they clean up the room because they want to. It becomes yeah. what they want to do because of some other motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. It, it was just, it's really nice to start thinking that one of the things that they talk about in the show is that even if your kids tell you what you want to hear, they're probably doing what they want to do anyway. That is 100,000% true. Okay, tell me what you think about that. I think that uh, when you're older and you think that, like, you're, that if you say something, like, that, like, if you know you did something wrong and your parents are asking you, did you do that, you want to make it, uh, you don't want to, you don't want them to know that you'll, like, you'll get a punishment uh, because then they'll obviously lie. But if you make it so you won't only get a punishment, just don't, like, just don't lie. I just want to, I, I want this to, you're not telling me this for you to get in trouble. You're telling me this so I can help you. Yeah, totally. That's a good piece of advice for parents about open communication. I'm going to share a little bit more about that later. You're, we're on the same page because that's one of the points that I have to talk about. I think it was just this podcast episode from the Life Coach School that I'll link in the show notes. I think what was really helpful for me as a mom, and I listened to this guy a couple years ago, so it was before I even had a tween, was the idea that I needed to adjust my expectations that my kids would do what I wanted them to do all the time. Of course, I wasn't under the illusion that that was the way it was going to be, but I think we often believe that we have more control than we do. And just coming to a place of acceptance that like my kids are going to, they're independent people. They're going to make the choices they want to make regardless of what I think is a really helpful perspective to have to kind of detach from those outcomes and that doesn't mean that you like give up or that you think like oh my kids are going to do all terrible things because they're not they're going to do great things a lot of the time right you make good decisions and bad decisions and all of that is just part of parenting in general yeah uh tweens what they want to do what they all want to do their number one goal is to make their parents happy so like if they do lie to you um then they think about it all night all they want to do is tell you but the fear of them getting in trouble overrides uh, the happiness of telling that, that you lied. It's tricky. Being yeah, it's a, very tricky. Being a tween is kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. The third of these four pieces of resources that I wanted to share is another podcast. This is Experts on Expert. I will link the show. Dax Shepard from Armchair Expert doesn't have show numbers. They just have titles. So it's an expert on expert show by Wendy Mogul, who's a child psychologist and a a therapist and this really awesome woman. And the show was super entertaining. She interviews some parents and gives them some advice. And one of the pieces of advice that she shares, I'm going to talk about later in the show, that just cracked me up. And I've talked about it with several of my friends and family members who also have teenagers. And the last thing resource that I wanted to share is the book, The Child Whisperer. This is a book that I read when my kids were much younger and the principles of understanding our kids' motivations and their different personalities has been really interesting for me. So I will make sure that that's linked in the show notes as well. All of these with a grain of salt that they may apply, they may not apply. I thought they were interesting. I don't try to bury myself in parenting books because I think so much of it is independence and and really being intuitive about our own families. It is nice to hear relatable stories and insights though yeah there's never a right way to parent you should never uh override yourself with uh parenting books because i think that if you're a parent you'll always do 
like what you need to do to like whatever you feel like is right for your children yeah, i like that yeah thanks for the for the support <laughs> okay we are now going to each share three tips or three pieces of advice from our own perspectives about parenting a tween so i'm going to share three then i'm going to share three and Milo's going to share three so mine will be tips from a parent on parenting a tween and milo's will be tips from a tween for parents. For parents. Of a tween. Of a tween. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to start with my first one, which is to be clear about your main objective when parenting. And my main objective is unconditional love. So I want to make sure that I go into all of my interactions every day over these next three to six years until Milo graduates and, you know, potentially is out on his own clear that this relationship is ongoing. My relationship with this amazing kid, tween, is something that persists beyond the tween and teen years. So I want to be clear that our relationship stays in first priority, that I love unconditionally, and that I can make these years harder or easier depending on how I react to them. So I'm going to adjust my expectations. I'm going to be clear that the tween years are going to be full of mood swings. There's going to be some lying. There's going to be lots of experimenting. There's going to be many times when there's stubbornness, when we butt heads, when there's things going on that I don't expect or that I don't really desire to be happening. But the number one rule is... What's the number one rule? Unconditional love. Unconditional love. It's an ongoing process, but I try to remind myself day after day, week after week, that I'm not going to be shocked by the changes. I'm not going to be shocked by what's going on. I'm going to be open and accepting to whatever comes, whatever challenges we face, that I'm going to expect as totally normal tween behavior that things are a little bit of a roller coaster, and that's okay. I mentioned that podcast with Wendy Mogul, and one of the pieces of the podcast that I've shared with friends and family over the last couple months, it's just been hilarious, is that the parents are really concerned because their 11-year-old has started telling stories. She started lying to them and they express all of this concern. They say, she never lied before. I don't. She's lying to our faces. She's telling us that she didn't do things, but we saw her do them and they're so concerned. And Wendy just starts laughing and she says, oh, 11-year-olds are liars. They're all little liars. Every single 11-year-old is a liar. They lie about everything. And I thought this was so funny because something that I had been a little bit concerned about turns out to be a totally normal, developmental, healthy behavior. And just having that awareness brings down my anxiety level, raises my patience and tolerance, and helps me to have perspective. It is so funny because it is so true. So you acknowledge that you're a little liar sometimes? I... 100% I'm guilty. <laughs> I love it. And straight from the mouth. Folks, there we have it. So my number one tip is to make sure that you're clear about how you want to emerge from these teenager years and that you maintain unconditional love. Milo, what's your first tip? My first tip is take time to listen. So what does it look like to you for a parent to listen to you? Um, it's very helpful. Because I just, there's just something about parents taking time out of their busy schedule to just you be the number one priority. Mm-hmm. What types of things do you want to tell your parents when they're listening to you? 
Uh, we'll tell us, we'll probably tell you just anything that's going hard in our life because we feel comfortable talking to you because we know that you have such a busy schedule and we know that that make it makes us feel um makes us feel special yeah it we totally see, feels yeah, special yeah. we see a lot of times that maybe we we get ignored like if we're trying to tell you something but like you're i don't know doing the dishes or like on social media it might not seem like a small it might seem like just like a small thing but for uh tweens that's a huge thing Mm-hmm. You want to really be paid attention we to. We really want to be paid attention to, but, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good advice in general for for everyone, taking time to yeah. listen, making sure those relationships are important. Yeah, that could uh, make, if you have, like, an interest in something, and you're like, look at my drawing, if you probably, if you don't look at the drawing, the chances are uh, the tween will take it as inspiration to keep drawing and get better, or they might just scrap the idea mm-hmm. of drawing. So listening and p- paying attention kind of serves as, like, support and encouragement. hmm Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two from me, from the parent, is about being a safe place. And similar to yours, I kind of echo your first mm-hmm. one. I, I also wrote down making sure you have open conversation. So Very important. Yeah, being a safe place to me means showing emotional control it, I feel like it's even more important to be, to parent yourself as a parent when your kids get older. When they're younger, they may be a little bit oblivious and think that all of the like yelling and stomping around and, and being super frustrated all the time, that those are like normal parenting behaviors. But the older a kid gets, the more kind of wise they get to this, like you're behaving like a child, mom or dad, <laughs> like the way that you're yelling or the way that you're talking to me, that's not very respectful. And that in and of itself can be a little bit frustrating. But I think the idea, like making sure that you are mentoring emotional control and emotional stability, separating and detaching so that you can vibrate evenly holding space, like that idea of holding space that Ralphie talked about in, I think it's episode 86, about parenting on purpose. This idea that you hold emotional space, and if you're vibrating at a low, peaceful frequency, that you can invite others into that peaceful frequency. But if you blow up and you engage and you get frustrated and annoyed and yell and, and you know, shout and punish, that your child will also maintain that high level of volatile frequency so the more the more space that you can hold the more peace that you can maintain the easier it will be to maintain the relationship we also have to uh think that parents make mistakes too but uh the i mean and the biggest uh and tweens will hold a grudge like they might think if you are if you're not listening to me now, then I won't listen to you when you're talk when you're talking to me about like the pasta you made or something. <laughs> yeah, like, if I'm trying to show you my drawing, and you'd rather look at something else. It makes the tween feel bad. Right. So, like I don't, I don't, like you won't take time, you won't spend time of your time with for me. Yeah, exactly. So trying to be a safe place where your your tweens can come, that they know that. Even if they're making mistakes, even if they're experimenting, even if they're they're angry or they're frustrated, that they can come back and that you won't hold that against them. That's really, I think that's really positive and really helpful. An experience we had just a couple days ago with my tween here was that he got 
angry about something at dinner. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he went to his room. And we, Dave and I looked at each other and we just simply called out to him and said, hey, Milo, we'd love to have you come back to the table whenever you're ready. We miss you. We love, you know, we love you whenever you're ready. Come on back. And it probably took 10 or 15 minutes for you to calm down and, and kind of work through the the frustration of whatever had happened it was something small you probably don't do you remember when this happened um it was just a couple of days ago but I don't remember exactly what the the instigator was of the oh I know issue. what happened what happened was I was trying to talk to you for like so long but I think I don't know what was ha- I was talking to you but you weren't listening and then when you asked then when Ellie asked you a question you immediately went to him. Oh, sorry. And it just made me feel so bad. Because I was like, you'd rather talk to him than That's talk what to you me? thought. Yeah, I was probably talking to someone else or listening to something else and, then, and distracted. And yeah. then I just, like, the first thing that I noticed was when he asked a question. But I can see how that would be frustrating for you. But you left, and then we said, come back whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. We didn't go. How would you have felt if we, like, ran into your room and said, come back to the table right now? Or It wouldn't. It would just be me at the table with my hood on for the rest of the dinner mm-hmm. but if you but if you give between time to just like just think think they and then you say like we still love you there's like okay this is fine I'm hungry yeah let's eat some dinner <laughs> yeah exactly I'm hungry I'm gonna come back so the second part of this one for me is to maintain the open conversation and like Milo mentioned listen to your tween we also in our family really believe strongly in in speaking to our kids about important and sometimes taboo topics. So we talk about bodies and body image. We talk about sex. We talk about drugs. We talk about politics, social justice. We talk about the rules and the questions. We talk about video games, about porn. Uh, Nothing is off limits in our family for discussion. Everything in our home, in our safe place, is open for discussion. And that is so important to be open to everything and like if something happened with porn um don't be like no don't do it ever again you'd be like I understand what happened can you tell me what happened what did you see what did you learn and then tell them how do you feel about it yeah we we try to do a lot of these open conversations so that then when you have questions about things, mm-hmm. you know, you can come talk to us about something your friend said or about something you heard on the news or... And then feel like you have, a, like, an open spa- space to talk about it and say, this is what happened. Can you tell me? And yeah. Just think of your parents as a safe place. Exactly. So, yeah, my number two is to work really hard at being a safe place and maintaining those open conversations. And I'll try to find in uh, and link in the show notes a couple resources for this. I know that there's Kristen Hodson has a great uh, program about speaking to your kids about sexuality and about pornography. Um, I know the whole First Name Basis podcast by ja- uh, Jasmine Bradshaw amazing is pa- all about... Amazing podcast. Yeah, you love it. And we listen to it with our kids. It's all about, you know, teaching your kids about social justice and about racism and diversity. So the more you can include these types of conversations conversations in your home, the more comfortable it is for everyone to be able to have questions and and not feel like anything's taboo or off limits, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so what's your number two? Number two is be more of a friend, but still be a parent. Okay, so what does that mean? That means uh, if uh, if your kid has an interest, do st- like take time from your time to do stuff special for their interests. Like um, a couple days ago, 
uh, I mean, um, on my birthday, I got a scooter, and I got interested into doing tricks. So then, uh, a couple days ago, uh, we went to the skate park, and it made me feel special, because I was like, my mom is listening. Yeah, like, listening, like you said, your first one, take time to listen, so when you listen, you kind of actually get to know your kid, Mm -hmm. so you know what they're interested in, and then making time to actually do some of those things with them, it's kind of fun. Like, uh... The, like, I'm doing, uh, we're doing a, I'm doing a rock band camp, which is basically you get to learn the basics of a bunch of instruments and how to write songs and how to play in a band. Um, and I've just been interested with music basically my whole life. So it made me feel like really, it made me feel so amazing. And I was like, oh yes, I get to do this. This yeah. sounds so fun. Yeah. Being a friend where you can like do things together, that you support each other in like cool stuff that you want to learn and do. Yeah, like a hundred percent. I f- I feel like uh, I talk to my friend, maybe about uh, stuff more than I do to my parents, cause I know that I don't know just something cause about them not being in the family makes it more uh, like relatable. Maybe talking to your friends. Talking to your friends. So you think that it's helpful when parents can like be can a little bit more like basically that? Basically, be their friends. So then. They're like, oh, I'm used to this, talking to my friend, so I'll talk to you because you're my friend. Yeah. But also, you should still be a parent. Uh, That's very important. Sure, you should be a friend, but being a parent, like, that's your job. You need to make sure that they go to sleep on time, get healthy meals for them. Uh, Be a responsible parent, but be a good friend. So what do you think, like, how do you be, what if you don't want to go to bed? How do I be a friend and a parent? Well, you could say, uh, first one to go, you could do like, uh, like first one to put their pajamas on wins or like, uh, first one to go to bed wins or what like, if you're uh, like, I don't care. I don't want to go to bed. If you're like, I don't care. I want to go to bed. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but what usually happens is my dad comes in and he just, and he just like lays on my bed and just talks to me and then I'm just, and then it's just. It's just so fun to talk to him, mm-hmm. and that just makes me go to bed. But I don't know what exactly to do if they're just like, I don't care. Do you have any yeah, insight on that? can you see how that's kind of that's kind of the in-between, right? That you want to be a parent and a friend. I think that especially for tween ages, I mean, and just maybe throughout life, I would say that, like, parent is probably really important, that the primary role of a parent is, like, safety and health and, like, general guidelines of, like, making sure that you – have the opportunity to sleep, that you have a safe place to be, that you, like you said, have options for healthy meals, but then also knowing that you get to make the choices that you want. So the friend piece is like getting to know you so that you can set your kids up for success. So Mm -hmm. if you know that your kids have a hard time wanting to go to sleep, like trying to talk to them about it, maybe this goes back to like number one, like talk to them about it, make Uh a plan together, maybe like work on it together. Or do like a sheet, like if you go to bed, these things we can go and like do something that has to do with their interest. Yeah, yeah. So just be like adding a little bit of creativity, a little bit of fun to it, like helping kids understand why things are important. So we had an example from today that you had a dentist appointment that you were not excited about. You really don't like going to the dentist. Oh my gosh, that's the worst thing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I, okay, I'm gonna be honest about this. I probably I cried for five minutes. I did not want to go, but of course. My parents, they got me to go, and it was the easiest dentist appointment of my life. <laughs> so, but one of the things that helped, I think, is that we didn't just say, you have to go, we're going right now. We said, 
if you go, we're doing this procedure with sealants is what he got on his teeth, mm-hmm. where if you get these sealants on your teeth, it protects them so you don't get cavities in the future. And so if you go right now, you know, in a half hour, it's going to be maybe a little scary, but you get it done. But that means you'll be protected in the future from having to go through even harder, sometimes painful dental procedures. So I think like helping you understand the reason why something is important helped you then make the decision because we didn't like drag you out to the car and force you to go. You decided to go. Yeah, you were, I know, you were saying like you'll have to, you, trust me, you will want to do this a lot more than getting a cavity filled with a drill. And that is the worst sound. (laughs) Exactly. So being a friend and also being a parent. Yeah. My number three is to celebrate your child, your tween, exploring their identity. Adolescence is a huge developmental time when kids are figuring out who they are. I mean, I think that this extends for a lot of us into our adult years. Think of how transformative those first few years of middle school and high school were when you were just figuring out what you liked, what you didn't like, who you wanted to be, how you felt around other people. I really think it's important, and I've been trying to focus on this in our relationship, that I'm supportive of changes and experimentation with new styles, new ideas. Some examples are with new clothes and shoes. We shop for our kids twice a year for their capsule wardrobes. And this last spring summer, Milo, before we went out for our our shopping trip, said, Mom, I have kind of a new style that I want to try out. And we looked at some pictures and some ideas. And he was like, okay, I just like, I have some new ideas about the way that I want to dress and the style that I have. And rather than first asserting all of my own thoughts and ideas about it, I tried to ask Milo first, what do you like? What are you interested in? What do you see in the store that you like? Because if I told him first what I liked, what would happen? I would just go with you. Like if you asked me like, which shirt do you like? And then I pick a shirt and then you say, I kind of like this other one. Then I'd be like, okay, get the other one. Yeah. So making sure that I'm leaving some space for him to choose the things that he likes. We got some shoes that I was like, those are cool, but they're not what I would choose. And they're kind of expensive. And he was like, (laughs) it's cool. I like him. I gave him a budget. And so he knew he was making choices. You know, you got to decide how you spent Mm -hmm. the different amounts of money on different stores and different things. And um, another example is with music. Milo is super into beatboxing. He loves heavy beats. He loves rap music. He loves video editing. He's interested in being a DJ. You heard he's going to rock band camp this summer. This is all a little bit foreign to me, and I think it's awesome, and I don't know a lot about it, and so I just am kind of learning along with him about some of the culture that he, of music that he's interested in, and he he's always the DJ in the car. He'll take over my phone and play songs on Spotify and he's always playing songs I've never heard. You do a great job. I do. Yeah. He chooses some awesome songs that we have a lot of fun listening to. He made up a rap the other week that was super fun that we actually came in and recorded in my recording studio that we're in today. So be supportive in the different experimentation of identities that's happening with your, with your kids. Along with that, I think one way that we've tried to be supportive in development in but while also maintaining guidelines as a parent is through safe phone use so we gave Milo a phone for his 11th birthday and 
we gave we decided to give him a gab wireless phone which I've shared a little bit on Instagram I may have mentioned it on the podcast before but we love the concept of gab it's a it's a starter phone that looks just like an iPhone so it's a full screen it's got you know like touch screen buttons and everything and it doesn't have a browser so there's no apps there's no social media it doesn't have the internet on the phone but it has all the capabilities of gps you know triangulation so that when milo walks down to 7-eleven to get a drink and walks home i can track him if i need to to you know make sure that he's okay we it has texting it has unlimited texting and calling you can do group texting. It has a photo, like a camera, and a video recorder, mm-hmm. which we, you mentioned you love doing cat videos on. You also take a lot of pictures and then, like, use the on-camera editing to, like, draw over them and kind of edit, edit them. So, really it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah, so it's been, it's been great, and we haven't had to worry about constant social media use, about some of the dangers of being online all the time. It is something that he carries around with him. He can stay in touch with friends. He can stay in touch with us. It makes him a great date night babysitter. And we are able to more slowly enter the world of social media as he gets older rather than all at once when he is young. The average uh, use of a like an iPhone for 10 to 12-year-olds is seven and a half hours a day. Oh, that's a lot. I know. Yeah, that's probably smart that you don't... That you're not using your yeah, phone that I probably, much, right? Yeah, I probably use it only, like, two hours a day and all. Yeah, calling, texting, being able to, like, take videos and, and photos on it and still have a cool phone that you have a number mm-hmm. that people can get in touch with you and it's not too much too soon, right? Yeah. Um, another thing that I want to say with this last tip is I think that it's really important as a parent to celebrate growing, like, physical growing, eating more, getting a strong you know, bigger body, our kids are, I mean, bodies are changing in adolescence. Milo's in bigger clothes that, you know, every year we're like, oh my gosh, the clothes are getting bigger. His shoes are now bigger than so mine. Confusing. We went to, what? what's it called? The kids? We went to the Foot Locker? Yeah, we went to Kids Food Locker. <laughs> we went to the Kids Food Locker, <laughs> ate an Impossible <laughs> Burger, and then went to Adult Foot Locker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can just keep going. (laughs) We went to Kids Foot Locker and asked for the shoes you wanted, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have them. Right? Why? Okay, so we went to a, so we went to Kids Foot Locker, and there were like there there was a shoe there were shoes that I liked, like a bunch of shoes that I liked, um, and we like okay yeah he was like a six the last time so like. We'll get him in, like, a size six and a half. So I got it, and it didn't fit at all. Okay, we'll go up to a seven. Seven didn't work. We went up to a eight. So then we went, because that's, like, the limit for a kid's foot locker. So we went to adult foot locker, and we got we got an eight. Still didn't fit. So we went to an eight and a half, and then finally I found the shoes. Yeah, so that was like, oh, not only do you have bigger feet, but we jumped into adult shoes at an adult shoe store in one of the clothing stores we were like oh kids clothes like they don't go up to your size anymore I think it's just fun and important to celebrate the changes the growing the friends like having friends over being excited about that about cultivating their social group and being supportive of this new phase of life it's a challenging time to you know they're trying to figure stuff out I have written down, create space for a new and changing human. 
You may think that you know your kid because you've raised him to 10, 11, 12. What if that person is going to be different now than you thought they were? What if your expectation for who they are isn't the way they feel that they are? And although it may be controversial, I think that it's really important to be open to their own identity whether that is gender identity, whether it's sexual orientation that you didn't expect, being open and listening as your children discover their true selves, as they're learning about themselves and being open to who they are rather than who you think they should be. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Okay, so let's go on to your final piece of advice. My final piece of advice is consider a counselor consider a counselor. Why do you think that talking to someone else outside of parent-child could be helpful? It's kind of like having a friend, someone that's not in the family that you feel like you can talk to and that can also help. Because chances are your friend isn't a licensed therapist that can (laughs) talk to you about your feelings. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have a third party for accountability to help navigate different things in the relationship. We have been going to a counselor, not necessarily to navigate our relationship, but just to help our family and Milo as he's an adolescent have the tools that he might need, like emotional and uh, developmental tools to handle being a teenager. Mm -hmm. Next year, you're going to go into middle school for the first time. And what are some of the things? Are you worried about anything or anything that you're kind of nervous about? Yes, a lot of things, actually. <laughs> yeah, like what? Uh, like, I'm not going to have one teacher. You're going to have, like, I'm gonna six. I'm going to have, like, six teachers. Uh, luckily, it's going to be the same amount of time. There's going to be an hour difference between when I went to elementary school and when I went to middle school. So I'll have to wake up earlier, which is hard for me to do. I'll have to go to different classes. I'll have a lot of assignments to organize. Like, it won't just be one homework. It'll be, like, six homeworks, which all add up to the amount of homework that you got in elementary school. uh, Yeah, maybe each class will be like, I mean, it's going to be a lot more work. Yeah. Might be a little harder. Mm -hmm. So having a counselor that we've been able to chat with about some of the changes and about really about like getting the tools that we need to be able to navigate some of the changes has been really helpful. It has been helpful. Yeah, so it may not be right for every single family, But definitely, if you are a parent who is feeling challenged by parenting your tween, or if you recognize that your tween is feeling very challenged by the changes of being a tween, then considering talking to a counselor, talking to a therapist, getting some outside help is really important. And there's no shame in that. You don't have to feel bad about that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps you feel better as a family. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're quickly going to recap our one, two, three. So Milo, go ahead. What are your, your one, two, three? Just my like one, one sentence each. My one is take time to listen. My two is to be more of a friend but still be a parent. My number three is consider a counselor. I love it. And my number one is to remember the main objective is to love unconditionally. Number two, be a safe place and maintain open lines of conversation even on taboo topics. And number three is to help your tween celebrate exploring their own unique identity. I think we did an okay job here today, Milo. Yes. 
Hopefully those of you who are listening who have tweens right now feel like you learned something new or that you were inspired by something that we shared today. If you don't yet have a tween, if you don't yet have any kids or you have little kids, know that it's really fun. Mm -hmm. Is it fun being a tween? It's really fun to feel like you're getting older. You're growing up, Mm -hmm. getting to learn lots of new things and... Yes, it's always the best to know earlier. Yeah, it's fun to know that the years ahead are great. That this Mm -hmm. next chapter, it's not like a drag. It's not the hardest thing ever. Yes, there are challenges and there are such amazing pieces about gaining this new relationship. Yes. Also, if your kids are all grown up and gone and you are an empty nester, I think that all of these tips really apply to like any relationship. Listening to someone, being a friend, loving unconditionally, having open conversations, celebrating other people's identities and employing help or a third party as needed in relationships and friendships. I think that that's helpful. Like all of these tips work for everything, but especially for this interesting time. This interesting time. Of having a teenager. A teenager. Exactly. Okay, any final thoughts, bud? Um, do you have any beatboxing or raps for us? Really? Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, you, okay. You, if I beatbox, will you start rapping? Sure. Okay. We are here to tell you about life, how to have a queen and have a good life. I just said life two times, which is why I'm not good at rhymes. Milo is the coolest tween around. I sometimes feel like a clown. It's cool. We're just laughing now. (laughs) No? Oh, no. Okay. There you go. That's That's the end of the show. Love you. Bye. Bye. Testing, testing. Try it again. Testing, testing. (laughs) Testing. 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 (laughs) Great, thanks. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.